God is good. Amen. I said, God is good. You know, I'm always excited for what God is doing because, uh, because I know that I don't have a lot to rely on in the world. Praise the Lord. But that's not, that's not sad. That's, not, uh, that's just, just coming from a place of faith. Amen. You know, I was, uh, you know, we've been into a series here about talking about the power, uh, the power of God, the power uh, that's come on us based on 2 Timothy, of course, 1-7, uh, the, the, where God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and, a, and, and, and discipline or a sound mind. And I'm just so thankful for that, you know, and I had a, I, I have a bunch of sermons lined up to preach, and I had one lined up to preach today, but I'm, I'm you know, just... Uh, Probably a little less than an hour ago, uh, the Lord changed that on me. Amen. Uh, fortunately, it still goes in line with the, with the series, so we're not jumping out of the series, but it's just another part of it. And I, I really believed uh, as I got into this, you know, the way it happens is the Lord starts speaking to me. And with me, it always seems like it's thoughts. Uh, you know, the Bible does tell us to renew our mind. And uh, 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 because if we renew our mind, then we think his thoughts. And it just seems to be that when uh, we renew our mind that our thoughts can start going his way. Yeah. That's beneficial. Yeah. Because the thoughts that you have that don't go God's way are your own thoughts and those don't go in a good way. Amen. And so uh, as, I was, uh, as I was getting ready, you know, can you guess where I was? I was in the shower. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And it must be just because I'm washing the stink of myself off myself. I don't know. I guess that's the way I look at it. But it seems like God starts speaking to me a lot there. He did yesterday, in fact, too, uh, as I was getting ready for the men's breakfast. And so, yes, I even showered for them. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, none of them tried to smell me, which was good. And... and, and uh, 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 reassuring anyways, but uh, praise the Lord. Uh, glory to God. But God spoke to me, and, and, and uh, so I believe this message come today for that reason. And it's just, you know, it is a, a stirring message, I believe. We'll see how it goes and what direction it goes in, but I believe that we'll get there. But we are really, today we're going to be talking about the power to believe. Amen. The power to believe. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, so many times we get into a lot of things in church, right? We can get into a lot of different things. We can talk about a lot of different things. Shoot, we've been in a lot of different stuff already today. Amen. But one of the most important things that God has given us is the ability to believe. Amen. In fact, I'm going to ask you, do you know what the most important statement in all the Bible is? Do you know what it is? It's found in Mark 11:22. So let's go ahead and turn there. Praise the Lord. Mark eleven twenty two, And it says there, love the scripture. You know, and so often in our circles, we focus on the next few scriptures, which are great scriptures, yeah. wonderful scriptures. Yeah. You know, Brother Hagin, if you don't, uh, if, you, if you know who he is, of course, those were kind of his scriptures for life. Amen. Yeah. But I kind of always get drawn to this scripture and I love it. And, of course, the Lord brought me back here this morning. And Jesus answered, saying to them, Have faith in God. What is he saying? He's saying, Believe God. Believe God. Believe in the way God does things. Believe in what God has said. Believe in the way God has created things. Believe in what God has done for you. Amen? That's what having faith in God is. When you see the words faith in the Bible, and you see the words believe, and you see the words trust in the Bible, all of these words, quite honestly, usually are the same exact word in the Greek. 
amen, or the Hebrew. These words all come back to the same idea. It's this idea of believing, trusting, throwing it all in with God, putting all your eggs in his basket, amen. Jesus answered them when they were, when they were pondering what had just happened. They had, they had witnessed a miracle, so to speak. They had seen something that they couldn't believe happened, and Jesus said how he answered them. And the Bible says, I love that it says they, that Jesus answered them. They didn't, they didn't question him. They just said, they said, Lord, the fig tree which you cursed is dried up from the roots. In other words, the thing that you said, the thing we heard you say has come to pass. And what did Jesus say? He said, he didn't even say believe in me. He said, have faith in God. See, the way that Jesus roamed the earth was with faith in God. The way he went about doing things was by trusting God. The way that Jesus lived, the way that he did not die, and the way that he lived was by trust in God. Jesus said that no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down. You know why he could say that? Because he had faith in God. He trusted what God said. He trusted who God was. And more importantly, he trusted what God did in him. He trusted who God made him to be, who God called him forth to be. The plan that he had placed in his life, Jesus threw all his trust on that and he said when you trust God you can believe him for all things or in all things amen praise the Lord have faith in God <clears throat> glory to God I want to share a scripture with you Jeremiah 24 7 <clears throat> says I will give them a heart to know me for I am the Lord and they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with their whole heart. This gets at the heart. This is the very basis of faith. Our hearts are where our faith is carried. Yeah. Amen? But the Lord said that I will give them. Notice it doesn't say that they are going to drum up or they're going to make uh, a heart to believe me or to, to know me. And really that's what that is. To know God is to believe him, is to trust him. That's when, you know, when the Bible says that they, you must believe that he exists, this is what it's talking about. Amen? That, that we would have a heart to know him. Yeah. Amen? So when he's saying, we know that the heart is the soil from which God does everything in our lives. You know, of course, there's many scriptures on that. We're not preaching on that today. But the point is, is that God is going to do all things from that. But he said, I will give them a heart. Now, this is in context, of course, when Jesus has done what Jesus was going to do, when he was going to die and pave the way for salvation, when he was going to open the door for the Holy Spirit to come upon us and live with us and reside in us and to keep leading us in that direction. But he said, I will give them a heart. So this is beyond you. See, one of the things, you know, again, as we reflect on 2 Timothy 1.7, it says God has not given us a spirit of timidity. He hasn't given us a spirit of cowardice, a spirit that withdraws, but the spirit that he's placed within us does something specific. And that spirit is the same heart, the spirit. When we talk about flowing out of the heart or flowing out of the spirit, we're talking about the same space. And we're not talking about the thing that goes to dump, to dump, to dump in your chest. We're talking about your inner being, the very the very core of who you are, because this word heart is not talking about the heart of your, your, your natural body. It means the core or the, the, the internal part, the innermost being, the, the, the part that really makes you what you are. Amen? Praise the Lord. And in this, he's given us a heart to believe, ability to believe. Now, we still have to interact with that. We still have to agree with it. We still have to recognize it. We still have to decide that we're going to do that. Yeah. But that's the place 
where our battles are win and won and lost. Right. This is the place when we decide what we're going to do. See, God has already equipped us with our... Here in Jeremiah, he was telling them, this is what I'm going to do. But Jesus reflected on what God has already done. And what God has done, praise the Lord, is done. We're not waiting for it to happen again. Jesus isn't going to come back to the earth and save you again. He's not going to come back to the earth and reinvigorate you. He's not going to come back here and put his power back in you. His power resides on you because he gave it to you, praise the Lord, when he ascended to heaven. He opened the door for, for the Holy Spirit to come in and reside and dwell with us. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we've received Jesus and we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive what God wants to do in us. We receive the ability, the potential power is all there. We don't have to wait for it to come. We don't have to go looking for it. Now, we do have to learn how to yield to it, and that's an important part of what we do. But God has put it within us. He's given us the power to believe. You know, a lot of people that don't know the faith, that don't go to church or don't ever, or don't really know God, they have a hard time with that idea of belief. Why would you believe? I mean, in fact, there's been, I've, I've, I've pondered this many times in my life as I've talked to a, a, other people and I'm like, I want to get my belief off on them. I want them to be able to see what, what I see because when they see what I see, then their lives can change and that thing that they're dealing with will break off of them. But there's always been this thing. It's like, well, how do I get them to believe? And the truth of the matter is, I can't do it. You can't do it. There's only one who can give somebody the power to believe, and that one is God. But he says, I will give them. That's what he told Jeremiah. He said, I will give them. Praise the Lord. And then after Jesus has come, he says, I have given them. And so the answer to that, the answer to I will give is the I have give, and that was done thousands of years ago. So even if you're really old today, you still are post that. You come after that. And so the Holy Spirit, the power to believe is there. But we have to decide, are we going to tap into that power? Are we going to receive what he's done? Or are we going to go in our own way? Are we going to continue forcing ourselves down the path that we have always chosen? Because it's forcing yourself down that path that keeps you away from this heart. It's forcing yourself to, and that's really what it is. You see, in life, when you come to life and you, and you don't know quite how to deal with things and you're, you're struggling with that and you know you're sitting in church and you're, you're hearing the word preached and you, you're not quite sure what to do with it. You're like, but this doesn't look like my life. See, that resistance is that struggle. It's trying to keep you in death. And that's why it feels like death. But brothers and sisters, when you let yourself go, when you let it loose, and when you let the power of God start working with you, when you start realizing that you, have the power to believe that you have the power to trust see when we look at things so often we're like pastor said that and I don't even know if I can trust that see if you know it's the word of God that you know you can trust it why because the word of God is always true praise the Lord I could change my mind sometimes I do sometimes I change my mind daily sometimes minute to minute amen glory to God hallelujah but the truth of the matter is God never changes what he has intended for us before is what he intended, intends for us going forward. God has put in us a heart to believe. Simple faith. Simple faith is birthed within us the moment we hear the word. The ability to believe is there for us. The Bible tells us that, that the, word, the, the words of our salvation are in our mouths at any given point. Every person that dies and goes to hell salvation was at their, at their lips. All they had to do was say it. 
All they had to do was speak it forth. God said, that's as simple as it is. I put it there, speak it forth. Glory to God. See, we haven't got to get it. We have to receive it. And sometimes you have to convince people that they need to receive it, and that's part of the problem. But I wanted to ask you, and this is really the heart of this message, because we're, 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 faced with this, uh, uh, we're faced with scenarios today that are mounting and growing and that are, are bigger and bigger and sometimes even seem bigger than what our faith is. So, so we have to ask ourselves this simple question. What is our faith in? You know, we come to church and, and you know, you're all here today, all the ones that came. Amen? And it's good that you're here. But why are you here? Are you here just to hear me? Are you here just to be part of the church? Are you here because you want to receive from God? See, the truth is, if your faith is built on what I do, I want to ask you a question. What if I failed? What if I failed as a pastor? What if, you, what if next week you came here, there was a different pastor in the pulpit? Would you leave and say, I can't do it anymore? Would you say, I can't believe because pastor? Or what if I stood up before you one day and I said, it's all, it's all false? How would you react to that? There's pastors that have done that. There's pastors that have stood before their people. They've built large churches and they've stood before their people and say, I don't believe it anymore. It's happened in just the few, past few years. Do you know there's a lot of people that walk away from the faith forever because of that? Where would you go? What would you do? What would you do if I, I, I turned out to be a charlatan? I was just, I was just, I actually was. I was telling you all the time, I wasn't trying to get your money, and the whole time, that's what I was doing. What would you do? Would you still trust God? Is your faith built on what I said? Is it built on what I did? Or is your faith, faith built on something that's bigger than what I am? See, because if it's built on something that's bigger, you can be sad when something, go, when something goes wrong. You can be upset when something goes wrong. But you're not going to lose your faith in God when something goes wrong. What if I fail you? Or how about this? What if you come to me for an answer and I just look at you and I say, I can't give you an answer. What if I just tell you I can't? You're facing the hardest thing you've ever faced in life and you look at me and say, Pastor Jeff, I need an answer. And I say to you, I can't answer you. Do you walk away from God because I can't answer you? Or your brothers and sisters. Maybe your brothers and sisters just, you know, you know, fall apart. Maybe it doesn't even have to be me. And I'm not telling you, like, listen, this isn't a premonition. This isn't like, I'm not prophesying up here right now. Amen? I'm not telling you what's going to happen down the road. I believe that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going because my wife tells me if I don't, she leaves me. And I, I like her, so as long as I want to keep her around, I got to keep going. Amen? I said, I said to her, I was like, don't you put that kind of pressure on me. She's like, that's the only thing that will keep you going sometimes. You just got to listen to me. Amen? Praise the Lord. I was like, you got to follow me no matter what. If I walk off, then you got to walk off too. And she's, she said, I just said, of course, that's all joking around and in jest. Praise the Lord. But the question we have to ask ourselves, what if it all, what if everything here, what if everything we understand fails in the natural realm? Have you not seen everything? I mean, who wouldn't love to just live in a world where nobody has to wear a mask again? You ever watch a movie? I watch, I remember when uh, the mask thing was so, first the thing, and I watched, I was watching a movie, you know, watching a movie, and it was like, none of these people have masks on. That's wonderful. They're just, they're, they're just, everybody's going. There's no social distancing. There was none of that. Who would love to go back to that? I, I, I imagine a lot of people would. Praise the Lord. But does that really going to rob our faith? Are those things, are those kinds of things, right or wrong or indifferent? Who cares? The world's changing. It's always going to change. You know what? We can, we can bet that tomorrow is going to be different than today. 
something is going to happen that we aren't going to like. Jesus kind of said something about this, I think. Maybe we'll get to it if we have time. See, sometimes we spend too much time trying to figure things out when the answer all along was trust. Because trust is what brings us rest. Trusting in God when everything looks bad is what brings us rest. Trusting in God when you don't like the way things are going, that's what brings rest. Because everything else just gets you stirred up. Everything else just gets you mad because you can't answer it. You don't know what you're going to do. See, my heart is to bring the message, to bring the word of God to people in a way that they can trust, they can learn to trust God that isn't just based on what a man says. Because, you know, there's sometimes, and I'm just going to be honest with you, there's sometimes when I've looked at things I've been taught and I'm like, you know what, that's not true. I don't believe that. Or I can't see it that way. I can't embrace that. Or I can't embrace that anymore. But, you know, when you come to those times in life, there's one question you need to ask yourself. Where was your faith based? And I had to ask myself that same question. When I look at something from the past that I, I, I believed maybe even for years, and I looked at it and I, all of a sudden I get a different light on it. I get new light. And not because some angel told me or some weirdo told me, but because I've been studying the word and I've been getting into things. And all of a sudden I'm like, and you're seeing things in the natural, like this doesn't line up with this. And where is all this going anyways? Praise the Lord. God is going to put you in a place. You know, I'm going to just give you, a, I'm just going to get real with you. You know, my, you know, many of you know my grandfather went home to be with the Lord this year. My grandparents, both of them did, actually. And uh, my grandparents were, they were the foundation of my faith. Um, when I came back to the Lord, it was them that I came to because they were the ones who put it there. They were the, they were the one, uh, they were the one constant in my life, even though I didn't see them every day or even every week. But they were a constant in my life. I knew that whenever I had a question, that whenever something was going on was spiritually, that I could always go to them and put it before them. And th this is, uh, you know, there's been a realization to me over and over and over again this year because I put these pictures, I got these, these pictures of my grandpa uh, in, in, my, in my room where I study and I, and I often looked, look at them and I, and I remember that and I remember there was some really amazing spiritual things happened that when he went home that, that I know that some of that baton was passed off onto me. And, you know, in the last, especially the last year, uh, last year of his life, I had, the, I had the blessing to be able to know that he was going so I got to be able to spend that extra time with them you know and I'm sitting there and I remember sitting there it was just the other day and I was looking at his picture and I'm thinking God I wish I would have asked him this question I didn't even think to ask him then yeah. I didn't even have I didn't even think to ask him and he could have answered it I know he could have answered it I just wanted to with all my heart I wanted to reach out to my grandfather and say grandpa what would you have done here or what would you have done with this yeah. and the Lord reminds me in those times to ask him See, sometimes the world's going to fail us. My grandpa didn't fail me, but his body did. And his ability to answer my questions is gone. Yeah. And maybe I wouldn't even like, you know, when I was, when he was here, I spent more time in those last few years trying to figure out what was going on than to figure out what was I supposed to take away from this. See, we try so often, we're trying to, we're asking ourselves, well, why is this happening and why is this going around? When the whole time, God wants to get something into us in that time. He wants to lead us into a greater place. But see, our faith so often is shaken because we're not at the place where we've trusted God fully. We've put our trust in these little things. We put our trust in our conveniences. We put our trust in the fact that we didn't have to wear masks. We put our trust in the fact that it wasn't even going to be an issue. So is our trust going to be robbed when these things change or if these things change? Yeah. 
Are, is, our, is our faith in God going to be taken away from us when everything in the world looks different than what we expected it to be? Wow. Where is our faith? Yeah. What is it built on? Yeah. See, if it's built in God, you know, one thing that I've come back to, I told you in 20, 2021 has been some of the hardest, year, maybe one of the hardest years of my entire life personally. Things that I have gone through, the battles that I have faced and the things that I have been up against both spiritually and mentally and even physically. And, and it's just, it seems like at times it's been one attack after another. But you know the place that God keeps bringing me back to is I have faith in Him. I have trust in Him. And you know what gets me up the next day? Because I'm going to tell you there's days where I'd like to go for a quick walk out in the back of the woods or something. But I won't ever do that because I have trust in God. Yeah. There's days when that old nature calls to me and says, just go back and do what you did before. Go back and, 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 and get into the drugs. Get into the, the, the whatever. Go do, just go do what you did before. Get yourself in that place. And you know what calls to me is that faith and that trust in God. And I said, every man can fail me, but God will never fail me. Everything can fail me, but God will never fail me. You know, maybe, maybe even as I tell you, tell you different things that we're going to do for the church, maybe even sometimes you look at me and you think, you know, I wouldn't do it that way. I think that's wrong. It might be wrong. But you know what's great about that? Even if I choose wrong, God will, God will be with, with me. He will help me clean it up later. Hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's why we can know that we can do the best that we can if our trust and our hope is in him. What is your faith built on? See, we try to figure out what's going on when the whole time we need to just, we need to just trust Him. Amen. Amen. You know, I've heard a lot of Christians come against this in a lot of ways. Now, I don't believe God created coronavirus or anything else like that. I believe that that was evil. But I definitely believe that God is using it. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that God's using it when it kills somebody or when it attacks someone or things like that. But I believe that He is using it because the Bible says that He uses all things to work together for the good of those who love God. And so what we can know is we can trust him even when it's bad because all things work together for our good. And if all things work together for our good, then we have to be moved by no thing. Amen? Praise the Lord. Simple faith is trusting God. What is your faith built on? You know, I know that the reason for this message, I know the reason that the Lord uh, has inspired me to do this is because these are things that we need reminders of sometimes to put ourselves back in that place of being reset into what's truly important. You know, just the other day, before any of these new mandates came out or anything like that, just the other day, I'm, 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 I'm making plans. I'm starting to, I come into the church and there's things that are stirring in my heart, praise the Lord, and I'm getting excited about it and I'm making plans for the future. Yeah. Things I think the Lord wants to do. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the things like this mandate come back out and it's just that all it is, is it's, if nothing else, it's a whiff of trying to control what we're doing here. Yeah. Amen? And, and regardless of whether it's justified or unjustified, Whatever side you're on, you don't have to be mad at that statement. Because it, regardless, it is some kind of tr- uh, uh, control. Everything, any kind of law or, or mandate or anything is a control. And so, uh, so instantly I'm like, you know, I'm starting to get down about some of these plans. And I thought, wait a minute. If God inspired me in these plans, then it doesn't matter what's going on. It means he's still going to do things. So I ain't going to look at that to be my source. 
or my control. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. Turn with me to Hebrews 10. Where is our faith? Do you know faith, so often we make faith be a lot about a lot of things. I hear people in our, our circles a lot say things like, you know, you got to use your faith for this and you got to use your faith for that. You know what you got to use your faith for? Trust in God. That's what your faith is. Like, like all other stuff, like anything else is less than that. And so any focus on anything else is less than that. I said it's less than that. You don't have to use your faith for anything other than God. Now, when it, when it comes to other things, God will work out the details in your life. When it comes to what places, what things you buy, what, you know. Do you know, it's funny, uh, this year, yeah, one of the things I desire is land. I like land. I would like more land and specific land. And some of the properties that I have had my heart on for years in the, in, in the sense of just, just love have come up for sale this year. This year it came up for sale. One of them I got super excited about because this was like top notch on my list. And it was a huge amount of land, right? And I got super excited about it when I saw that. And then I went and looked at the price. And I'm like, I don't even know Jesus could afford that. <laughs> Amen? That's where it was. And, you know, the thing is, the, the, the question is, is that could distract me. I could start sitting down and start, like, putting my faith on that land and start saying, Lord, if this. But you know what I do instead? I just looked at it and said, you know, God brings me what is mine. Uh, he brings me the things that he has for me. So I ain't got to worry about what's not there. And maybe it's not something that I'll have. Maybe it's not something I'll have here on this earth. But I can tell you what he has for me later on is a lot greater and a lot better. And that helps me get beyond that desire to just have that. You know, and make that, those things be. And so my focus, in other words, my focus gets turned from those things and back onto him. And as I do, he reveals the things that are ours and it makes it light and easy for us. <clears throat> Hebrews 10.35 it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. <clears throat> what, has, what has great reward? Your amount of faith that you put on something or your amount of faith that you've put in God. Your confidence. This is not talking about confidence for whatever. How can you know that you're going to have anything? You know, there's some preachers that will teach you that you can, you can claim anything and you can believe it and it'll be yours. That's a bunch of garbage. I just said the truth, give you the truth right up front. It's a bunch of garbage. Nowhere in scripture does it ever say that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that you can claim whatever and it's yours. Uh, that's a twisting of scriptures, uh, but we understand that there, that doesn't mean that uh, nothing's ours and it doesn't mean that we can't trust God, that, uh, that good things can't happen to us. And I'm just going to be honest with you, a lot of you need to believe that God is going to do greater things in your life than what you've seen. And that's half of most of the people's problems is the fact that they don't believe that God is as generous as he is. <clears throat> and that's why they're not generous. That's why they don't want to. That's why they withhold. That's why they keep back from God because, you know, the whole time, the whole time they're thinking, well, God, God surely doesn't want to do this for me. And that's dumb too. But the point that I'm trying to make is that our confidence has got to be in him. Because things, and we're even told this, the things of this earth, it, you know, he said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't have your treasure in things where, where moths destroy and rust corrupts. In other words, things where things rot. 
You know, even even nice cars, you know, you, you, you look at some of these, you, you can uh, go to these auto auctions, like it was at the Barrett Jackson out there in, uh, in, I think it's in Las Vegas or something like that, and they roll these these cars across the line, you know, these maybe a 1950-something or other, 1950-something-something or other, and it's all shiny and it looks great. You know how many of those are sitting in woods rotten out there? Because that's the end of them. That's really what they're worth. People will spend their lives trying to do that, but that's really what they are. Amen. It's the truth. Glory to God. And there's so much of that, you know, like I, I think of this uh, when, when Picasso, if you've ever heard of Picasso, he was a famous artist, but Picasso sometimes he would pay certain like small bills with like a, a drawing. He'd do a quick sketch. I mean, I mean simple, like a couple lines and he would sign his name to it and he would give it to somebody and they would take that more than, uh, more than uh, you know, uh, even cash. They would take, and now some of those drawings, I've seen drawings of like those, a quick sketch that he did that would go for twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 or millions, right? Just a quick sketch. How many of those sketches did his mama throw away? Come on, mamas, you all know. Kids, plug your ears. But mom and dad didn't keep everything that you drew them. Amen? Hallelujah. It just happens. But, but, but you know, and, and if, if Picasso, you know, he wasn't American, but if he was American, I'm sure that's exactly what it would have been like. You know, but that's the point. It's, that's all that these things are worth. You know, this earth, this earth is beautiful as it is and amazing as it is, and it is a wonderful place, and I believe that we should take care of it. I believe, you know, I, was, I, I threw this bombshell out at the, 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 our breakfast party yesterday. I'm even a believer that global warming is a real thing. Woo, ouch, hallelujah. Can you really say that from the pulpit and still be a Christian? I believe it. Now, I don't believe it's exactly what they said it is or it works the way they say it, say it does or that it's a problem the way that they say it does, all those things. But I still get mad when somebody throws their happy meal out the window as they're driving down the road. Amen? I hate it when I go walking up by my property on the road and in the ditch, somebody threw beer cans and stuff there because it was too hard to bring them all the way home and put them in the garbage. You know, that kind of stuff annoys me. It, it bothers me to see stuff like that. You go to cities and people are just doing whatever, wherever, and it doesn't matter to anybody. Or people that are destroying things because it doesn't matter, you know, and stuff like that. But, you, you know, that bothers me to, to see that. But God, with as beautiful as he has created this earth and as amazing as he's made it, this earth is going to burn up. He's going to burn it all. And he said, the thing that I'm making, the thing that's coming is so much better than the thing that you got. You ain't even going to think about the thing that you got. It won't even come to mind. Do you know the Bible tells us that? It says the former things shall not be remembered nor even come to mind. We won't think about this planet. So obviously it's not just sitting on a cloud because I've been in the clouds and they're not that exciting. I mean, they can be if you're going through a little plane, you know. And I've done that too, like... I, uh, I, I say I was flying with my, my friend, Reverend Randy, he was here, he's got a plane, and that's what part of his business is, he flies, you know, and we were flying, uh, him, him and this other guy, this guy that uh, was been a student of his, got this, he got this new plane, guy was able, you know, he was able to buy a nice plane, and 
uh, and and we were and they were going to fly it. They were going to go to Maine. They say, hey, we want to get some out. He wants to get some hours on his plane because you know, as a pilot, you have to have so many hours and stuff like that. They should probably do that with drivers too. Yeah. But I don't know. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. That's just a, just a thought. But uh, uh, but at any rate, they, it, they were like, we got to get some hours in this plane. And he said, we're going to go. We're going to fly to Maine and get lobsters and then fly home. This is like an afternoon trip. You want to go? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'm on that. I'm on that trip. So we did that. We we flew and and we got we, we went there. I think it was like two hours there, and you know it's so much quicker than driving to Maine. Man, we drove to Maine. It was like 16 hours. Like, you serious? This place? I mean, do you know that Maine is like Maine is Maine is the tricky state. I don't know if you knew that or not. For one thing, Maine is a lot bigger than what it appears to be. This is a little corner of the United States, but man, it's huge. Another thing, did you know it's the closest U.S. state to Africa? A lot of people didn't know that, but I didn't know it either. And then I actually looked at it, measured it out, and it's true. Amen? But at any rate, we fly and we're coming back. And as we're coming back, they were rerouting us all these, the air traffic control because of different storms and stuff, or rerouting us different ways. I guess that's what was going on. But anyways, we're going through this cloud, you know. And when I'm doing something that I don't know like that and have a tendency to be a little nervous about, I always watch the ones in charge. Because, you know, if you watch the ones in charge, that kind of gives you a sense for what's going on. You know, if you, that's why they close off the, the cockpit in a big airplane. Because anybody, because you, you got a plane full of 150 people and, and the pilot's going like that. You know, that's, a, that, that's something that uh, people don't want to see. And so, uh, I don't know if I could do it again like that. No, I don't know if I want to, because I see it a lot different than what you saw anyways. But, uh, but, uh, but, but at any rate, we were going through the cloud and all of a sudden there was this big boom like that. And I'm back in the back of the plane like this, you know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. When I'm telling stories, you should know, just keep that up. Yeah. <clears throat> but I'm back there just like that. And the first thing I do after I d get done, uh, you know, with my eyes closed, is I look. And, you know, those two guys are just sitting there. You know, flying them. And I was like, man, when we got back and we got on the ground, because you ain't going to talk about a bump when you're up in the air. I got story. I got plane stories. One time I was in the Erie Airport getting ready to fly to California. And we're sitting in the airport. We're standing in line getting ready to go through TSA. They got these big TVs up there with the, with the news on, you know, with stuff on. And there was a show that was on all about plane crashes and the horse. I am not joking you. I mean, we're watching this and we're watching one airline, commercial airliners, one right after another, going down and flying. Nobody lived. And it was a painful death and all this stuff. You know, that's what they were doing. They put it all, I'm just... You don't need to be afraid of air flying. Praise the Lord. It's just in our heads. But at any rate, when we got back on the ground, I, I, I said to them, I was like, yeah, we were talking. I was like, yeah, like that, that one big bump we hit. And they're like, what are you talking about? They See, they didn't even remember. They didn't even know. It wasn't even a thing for them because they knew. But see, the same thing is with us. If we have confidence in God, the bumps, the slams, the things that bounce around, the, you know, the, the I, I was on a flight once that landed in Erie, and as it was coming in, I mean, I don't know how they were going to do it because the plane was going like this, and the runway wasn't. The runway was staying. And we're getting closer to that runway. And I'm like, you know, and it's just slamming and stuff like that. And it's like one of those, it was literally one of those when we land, everybody clapped. You know you're on a good flight when everyone claps when you land. Praise the Lord. But we, we it was one of those where we land. But he still, right when we, we touched down, and there it was. And it actually wasn't too bad, you know, and when, we, when we actually, when we hit the ground. But uh, um, we didn't hit hard, praise the Lord. 
But, the, you know, confidence, you know, the confidence, where is our confidence built? See, if my confidence was in the airplane or the wind or anything else, which it generally is, one time when I was flying, I was looking out the window of the airplane, one of the first times we were flying, and I see the plane's wing going like this. And I'm like, I don't think solid metal should do that. You know, it was just doing it, but apparently they do when they're up there. And it's not because the plane's flying like that, but, but, they, but they do that. Why, why am I keep using these examples? I know that this doesn't seem very spiritual, but it is because it's reminding us. If our, if, if our confidence is in those things, then those things will fail us, just as that video showed, up, showed me. But God will never fail us. God is the, he's the perfect engineer. He's the perfect designer. He knows your life. He knows every hair that's on your head. He has every grain of sand number. He knows how many of the grains of the sand are in the sea. I can't even count enough grains of sand in the palm of my hand. And he knows the entire universe like that. There's stars like that, and God knows every single one of them. So why would we not trust in him? Why would our confidence? Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. See, our confidence in that fact, he's made it so easy to believe. He's made it so, so, so doggone easy to trust him. And yet he still tells us, don't throw away your confidence. And if you don't, there's great reward for not doing so. Amen. Praise God. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance. See, where endurance is born is it's born in that place of holding fast to your confidence. Yeah. Is anyone, did anyone experience wind last night? Yeah. You know, the wind was blowing. We went down right before church. We ran down to the lake real quick. We left a few minutes early so I could run down the lake. Because when, when there's a big windstorm, one thing I know is Lake Erie's going nuts. And I love to see it when Lake Erie's going nuts. But we went down there, and that was just what it was like. Man, things are blowing everything and everywhere. And anything that was not tied down, <clears throat> there was actually, it was funny, because we were going through McDonald's drive-thru to get a iced tea. We ended up not getting it because they were just too slow, and we had to get to church. But, but there was a garbage can that was placed between two big metal, metal uh, you know, those things in the parking lot that they come up. <clears throat> My wife said, that's a really great idea to do that. I was like, no, those are there for the, the telephone pole to keep cars from hitting it. But they saw that it would be good to put the, 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 the garbage can between there, which was a good idea because that thing was going back and forth like a bobblehead. I mean, that thing was just going nuts, but it wasn't going anywhere because it was, it was grounded in something bigger than itself, something that was more solid. And that's exactly what our confidence in the Lord is, is confidence in thing, things that created everything, confidence in someone who, who made it all. Praise the Lord. And so we don't have to be shaken. We need that endurance, though, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. See, there's something promised for us getting through to the other side. How good is God? He said, just last through the storm. Who doesn't want to last? If you're in a storm, who doesn't want to make it out on the other side? Right? Don't we all want to live? I mean, when you're, in the, when you're in the worst storm of your life and you don't know, what is the thing that's driving you crazy the most, probably, is the thought that you might not make it. I'll tell you what. I said to my wife when we were down there looking at the lake, I said, it'd be a bad day to be out there on a boat. It'd be a bad day to be out there on a boat. I mean, bad, bad day. Praise the Lord. But then I got to thinking as we were doing that, as, we, as I was thinking about that. I didn't even say this to her. But the Bible tells us that when Jesus and his disciples were in the boat, and when Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat, 
There was a storm, and if you study it out, it's a storm of hurricane proportions, which is what that storm was. The lake was so crazy. It wasn't even the waves were tall, but they were going, the lake was moving sideways. It was four or five feet higher on this side of the lake than it usually is because all that water, think about the force that it takes to blow all that water and move it and drive it at the break wall and drive it at the hills so much so that it changes the landscape all the time. And of course, these storms are not unheard of, but that's the same kind of thing that they were in, but they were in the middle of it. And Jesus said in that time, oh, you of little faith, trust in God. If you just trust in God, it doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how bold it is. It doesn't matter how crazy things are going. See, if you will build your trust in God, you will, get, you will gain the endurance through the storms that you go through. And then on the other side, he will reward you. So that's what I was getting at is the fact that we just want to get through the storm. But God says, in fact, that if you go through the storm and you go through it with faith that on the other side I won't just get you through to the other side which is great reward amen we've landed praise the Lord we can kiss the ground yeah. hallelujah but no I'm also going to give you a good meal and I'm going to give you something to, to bless you with and I'm going to say give you something that will encourage your life you know whatever it is you understand it's like landing uh, you know when, when I flew to, to Rio de Janeiro when I went with Pastor Tim and it was a last minute trip and it was all God but it was all crazy I mean, it was nuts. That week was like a whirlwind. And we landed in, in Rio de Janeiro and the airport looks like a military facility. It's just crazy. And it was just, it was third world country mixed with everything. And it was just nuts the whole time we're there. We're like, ah, can we even be here? But I'll never forget the feeling of landing back in Charlotte when we landed in the United States of America. And I got off that plane and I didn't kiss the ground. But I'm going to tell you right now that I knew what it was like to love to want to kiss the ground because that's exactly what I wanted to do. It was all in me. But see, that's exactly what it is with storm. When we trust God, when the storms of life are raging, when the things are coming against us, but our faith is built in Him, when we land back on solid ground, praise the Lord, there's reward for us there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> praise the Lord. He's getting us somewhere, amen? He's helping us. Oh, where was I? Yeah, verse 37, for yet in a little while he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, we think, talk about Jeremiah 29, 11 all the time, and I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans that I think towards you, you know, we like that scripture, but his soul, that's what he's saying here, he's saying, my thoughts take no pleasure in you if you shrink back. That's his soul, is his mind, his way he thinks, you know. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who, uh, uh, who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Now faith is, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. <clears throat> I want to read that to you in the Amplified Version. It says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. When you're going through trial, what's revealed to your senses is the trial. Yeah. Faith says, doesn't matter about that. 
because there's something revealed to me that God has greater for me, that God has promises for me, and that no matter what, on the other side of this trial, there is reward for not shrinking back and pulling away from him. And that's why we keep our confidence. We maintain our confidence. We hold our confidence. We're told in Scripture to fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? It means keep yourself in that place where you trust God. No matter what's going on, no matter what Pastor Jeff says or doesn't say, no matter what, uh, what the people around me are saying or don't say, no matter what the governor demands, no matter what the president demands, no matter what the economy demands, has anyone noticed that things have gotten more expensive? That doesn't matter to God. It doesn't matter that things cost more to God. Why? Because he's the same God that he was before. See, the varying factor is not God. And if we understand that the variable factor is not God, then we won't be moved when things move. The only reason humans are moved when things move is because their faith is not in the unmovable thing. The unmovable one. That's why we encourage you. Have faith in the unmovable one. I don't always know the answers. I don't always know when I wake up what I'm going to do, and I don't always know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I don't always know what's going to happen tomorrow. Sometimes God tells me, sometimes he doesn't tell me. It doesn't matter if he's told me or doesn't tell me. The only thing that that I have to know is that he's told me he will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will stay with me. He will put a heart in me that will reach after him. He gives me the power to believe, and I have to tap into that power. And I only do that. By, by, my, by my confidence of what I will tell myself, what I will decide for myself. See, so many people want things to change in life. <clears throat> I know it, because that's one of the things as a pastor I face all the time. I face people coming to me trying to get help to change something in their life. You know how you change things in your life? Complete and utter trust in God. Complete and utter faith in God. God doesn't fail you. If something, one of the things that my, is a kind of a, it's a famous saying in our household, praise the Lord, is that God did not, or, or, or we, we can know this, that the reason is not God. See, it's so, so much of a famous saying, I can't even quote. You know how it gets sometimes when you're preaching though. Amen. <clears throat> how do we say it? We say it like that? We know it wasn't God. That's one thing we can know. Whatever it is, something bad happens, we know it wasn't God. I said we know it wasn't God. That's a lot different than the old church that would teach you. Oh, well, this is just God's divine providence this is what God wanted. This is how God, that's a bunch of, that's, as, as, as Brother Hagin would say, a bunch of bunk, junk, and hogwash. If you don't know what that is, it's just a bunch of garbage. Yeah. It's a bu- bunch of untruth. Yeah. God is not up there like some kind of evil or some kind of mani- manipulative puppet master just pulling strings and saying, ooh, I'm going to mess with them today, and so I'm going to make them in here. I'm going to teach you something by this sickness or teach you something by that. He will teach you in those things. Yeah. Praise the Lord. But uh, not, he's not always teaching us by those things. He will teach us in those things, but not teach us by those things. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And just in case you didn't know, the Bible would back me up on that. Jesus himself would back me up on that because that's exactly what he said. You know, regardless of how you look at why Jesus cursed the fig tree, it doesn't matter. The fact he did it and it worked. And then he said, have faith in God. What's he teaching us? No matter what, have faith in God. No matter what, trust in him. And then he goes on to teach us about prayer and talks about asking God and, and believing when you ask him. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> the power of the Holy Spirit is power to believe. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirits at the truth of what he's saying, of what the word is. Amen? Glory to God. <clears throat> John 14:1. Let's go ahead and look at it up here. Jesus said this, do not let your heart be troubled. 
How many have, have had a troubled heart this week? Yeah. I had a troubled heart this week. Many times. But guess what? Do not let your heart be troubled. I'm not going to leave it there. Just, it can't stay there. I can't be troubled about this thing. Something will move you for a minute, but don't let it be troubled. A troubling will come, but if you stay in trouble, that's where you're going to be. Amen? Well, when you're a kid and you get in trouble, what do you want? You want to get out of trouble. You know what I mean? Seemed like a great idea until Mama saw it. Right? Praise the Lord. <clears throat> you get in trouble, you want to get out of trouble. How do you get out of trouble? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's actually how you do it. <laughs> Gave myself the answer. Gave you the answer too. Praise the Lord. You put your focus on Him. You know, when we're in trouble, even trouble that we've caused, we can put the focus on Him. But this is the thing. You have to be willing to go with what God does and what He says. You know, there's so many people that come and it's like, this, this is my trouble. Okay, praise the Lord. That's your trouble. I get that. It sounds like trouble to me too. Yeah. But if you don't change the trouble, it's going to still trouble you. Yeah. Your trouble is going to remain your trouble as long as you embrace your trouble and not Him. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's why there are instructions in the Word that tell us what to do and what not to do. Because yeah. when it tells us what not to do, that's why I always hammer on drugs and alcohol. You, if you live with those things... You will constantly have that trouble. Yeah. It won't change until you change that. Right. Some people are like, well, Jesus had a little bit. Listen, you can say anything you want about alcohol that you want, but I'm going to tell you the truth right now. I have never seen it be a blessing to anybody. Never. Yeah. Never. And all that it does is it stirs up trouble. Yeah. So if you have trouble in your life and that's part of what you do, then you have to understand that that's causing the trouble. Yeah. At least part of it. Glory to God. And I don't say that to condemn anybody. I know that there's addictions. I know there's things we struggle with. But we have to give those things over to God. And we have to look to him and say, Lord, you, you know, th th this is so I know that this, this is something that I can't embrace. But see, what people do so often is they embrace the thing they know is wrong and try to justify doing it. All that does is keep you in trouble. Yeah. Amen? I don't know how many times we've told each one of our kids, probably Caleb the least, but the other two may be close to about the same amount. But we've told each one of our kids, when they've gotten themselves in trouble, shut up. <laughs> you keep running your mouth, shut up. You're, do you're digging yourself deeper. Yeah, in fact, I remember certain times going to them and saying it just like this. Listen, I'm going to speak to you real plainly right now. What you're doing is you're digging yourself right now deeper. You need to shut up. <laughs> keep your mouth closed because you're not making us happier. That's a bad word. Sorry, Duke. I know it's a... I shouldn't say that. I apologize for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Duke is a good, good young man sitting back there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Stop talking. That's what I said in anger. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Is that what you heard too? <laughs> Some version of that, yeah. yeah. They, 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 were, they were looking at the new American, the new American standard dad. <laughs> Faith built in anyone or anything else is going to fail you. Going forward in this life, you're going to need faith in God. You may desire things to be a certain way, but I'm here to tell you, you have no control over that. 
You can't control what the world does. You can't control what your neighbor does. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I had these thoughts of sharing them with my wife, and I'll share just some of the ones I shared with my wife because, because you'd all be troubled if I shared them all. But I've been in different places before. You know, I remember one time I, was, I went to, to the barber, an actual barber, right? Guy with a, used a straight razor. And I get back, you know, and he leans me back in that chair and he puts towels on me and stuff and then foams up the stuff and puts it around and pulls out that straight razor and starts coming at me, you know. And I just had this thought go through my head, man, this is an awful lot of trust in this man. <laughs> an awful lot of trust. Because I am literally like just one quick flick away from going home and meeting Jesus or going on and eating lunch. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, they're literally that close. And I used to have them because I used to shave my head bald back in the day. And so I, I'd have him do my head once in a while too. So I had lots of time to think about it as, as he was doing that. Amen? Praise the Lord. But, you know, there's so many things like that in life. You know, people do crazy things all the time. All of a sudden, you know, uh, one time when, when we were in, uh, in, in you know, Caleb was a pretty mild kid. I think most of you can look at Caleb and say, yeah, he's probably a pretty mild kid. He's pretty mild all the time. And he, he, he was quiet most of the time and stuff like that. At least to us, he was and everything. And, and, uh, but we, there was one time that we were in church. Right? We're in church. And Caleb, like I said, he was a good boy. He didn't cause trouble. It was no, 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 no issue that way. And he just looks over at Ezra. Ezra was a baby. She was a baby, and she was in her, in her, oh, you were holding her. Yeah, she was holding her. I told you that's what she was doing. She was holding her, and Caleb looks over at her and punches her. <laughs> just like that. Like, why on earth would you do that? And that's exactly what Renee, I mean, dumbfounded. She looks at him like, like, did he punch her in the head or something? Yeah. Why would you do that? And Caleb, of course, upset, was like, I don't know. <laughs> Just got to say, I'm glad my barber didn't have that moment. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We don't, we, can't, we don't know what people are going to do. And tell me you've never looked at somebody and thought, why on earth did you just do that? Amen? Sometimes it has greater effect than that. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we don't know what's going to happen in life always. We believe that God will keep us on a steady course and will help us if we follow after him. Amen? But that doesn't mean that we have control and can manipulate all things around us. Sometimes things are going to happen. And it's a good thing that I wasn't there, by the way. I, I don't know. I was probably serving usher at the moment. I didn't see that because, wow. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I probably would have had a different reaction. Um, you may desire things a certain way, but you have no control over what they're going to happen, what's, what's happening. What you have control over is how you respond. Do we respond to things in faith? Do we respond to things in trust? Or do we just want to throw in the towel? Because throwing in the towel, we know, is pointless. There's nothing good with that. Amen? The only way to get to the end that's promised is by following it through to the end. And God will bless you along the way. Jesse, he's not just saying, trust me blindly, by the way. Right. Um, there is times when he will, but for the most part, God doesn't say, just trust me blindly. Look at the tithing. He says, try, he says, try me in it. Right. Test me in it. See if it doesn't work, right? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. We're going to close with John 16, Love the scripture. <clears throat> John 
Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Yeah. Notice where our peace is found. It's in Jesus. Our faith in Jesus is where our peace is going to be. You know, if you're going through a trial, if you're going through something and you just want to lose it all, you just want to let go of everything, you just want to backpedal, you just want to give it all in, this is what you need to reflect on. Faith in him. Because peace isn't found in those things. You know that the answer to the storm is not letting it carry you away. It's, the answer is to endure. The answer is to press through. The answer is to trust God, even in the midst of the storm. Because on the other side, he's promised us victory. These things I have spoken to you, they mean you may have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. Love it. It just says you have tribulation. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Jesus has already done it. He's already defeated it. He's already defeated the devil and everything that he could possibly do. But that doesn't mean we won't feel the effects of it, folks. But where is our constancy going to be? Where is our confidence going to be? Are we going to trust and rely in God and what he's done? Or are we going to continue to have our own thing and do our own way? <clears throat> you know, the scriptures I didn't get to, I really wanted to, but I'm not going to because the time is Philippians 4, 4 through 9. So if you want to go in those uh, later and meditate on them, they would be a blessing to you. But I will start with verse 4, just the beginning of it, and just say this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Yes. This scripture is given to us in the context of when we don't know what to do, when we're troubled, when we don't know where it's going. What, what, what did God tell us to do? Rejoice in him. When you don't know how you're going to overcome that trial, that addiction, that whatever, rejoice in him. Bring it to him with rejoicing. Not, Lord, I'm glad that I have this trial, but Lord, I'm glad that you're bigger than this trial. Lord, I bring it before you. Don't try to hide yourself. Don't try to uh, barricade yourself uh, from the Lord. Glory to God. Let yourself be an open book to him. Go before him. Rejoice before him. Say, Lord, I know that you conquered everything. I know that you have conquered death, hell, and the grave. You have given me the answer. Praise the Lord. That's the thing that will always see us through. Whatever we got to do, whatever we face, that's the thing that's going to get us there. Our rejoicing, our, our knowledge that it's in him that we have our victory. Praise the Lord. Not in Pastor Jeff, not in Pastor Renee, not in anybody else in the church, not in your spouse, not in the spouse that you want, not in the spouse that you don't want. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. That's not where our victory is. Our victory is always in Jesus. Amen?